Welcome to the Counter Currents Podcast. I'm host Petey Steele with my other hostess. Elena Torres, live in the building. Actually, just kidding. This isn't live, but we are in the Draft House building. We're being filmed right now. Hello to everybody who's watching this. And we are here with our guest, Mr. Ross Benoit. Hello. How are you? We're doing fantastic, man. Thanks for coming and uh, enjoying our company as usual. Hey, it's, it's an honor to be here. It's I know. an honor to be here. I mean, it's customary this time of year for us to trickle down some of our recent success to some of the more... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's I'll great. what I can get. Yeah, yeah. So what have you been up to, man? I mean, I know me and you just rocked the show the other night at fucking Positano's. That was fun. That was a great show. Wasn't that was awesome? the first time I ever did well at Positano's. Yeah. Every time I've done it... I've just, I don't want to say, bombed. I would say I bombed pretty pretty bad. You did 25 minutes, though, this time, right? Uh, I got off at 20 because I didn't know that, I'm used to having Kurt's traffic light. Oh, yeah. But the lady told me, she's like, I'm going to light you by phone, and I did not listen to her at all. So I was on stage. I'm like, I think I'm at like 20 minutes, so I just got got off as soon as I could. It was a good set, though. I, th- I thought everybody did well. A good crowd. Why do you think it went better this time than usual? Do you think it was the crowd, or do you think something changed? Uh, I mean, in I you? think doing a room enough, you get the the feel for it, and you start to uh, understand kind of the type of people that are going to be there. Uh, I I try to be a little bit more lighthearted. I've gone out right. there and been very dark, and they were not into it. Right. So I tried to keep it a little bit lighter, and it seemed to work. So. Yeah, I feel like that makes sense. It's a more of a suburban. Yeah, older a lot of old, it's just like older yeah. white people. So, and yeah. like, you know, cum jokes don't necessarily like hit the hardest with them. But occasionally they do. And this was a special night in that we had an old guy and his wife right up in the front. Oh, row yeah. Who was a fantastic audience member. And having him in the front set the tone for yeah, everybody else in terms of what was like acceptable to laugh at. And he had the fucking hit of the night, too, when Ross was telling some kind of joke and he bumbled the word monogamy a bunch yeah, of I times. Yeah, get it out literally i could not get it out and then this guy just shouts out you mean monotony yeah and i i pointed the guy i was like i was like he goes you know nobody everybody was kind of like is he trying to say but i can't even say it now but then i pointed the guy and he was like he said with full confidence he was like monotony and everybody just <laughs> burst it out and that said and that once that happened they were just like completely on my side it's funny you say that because I've only done that room one time. Yeah. And the one time anything negative I said about marriage, huge laughs. Every time. Oh, any, yeah. Any, like, small marriage complaints? I feel like I have so much more material now because I, I think I was very recently married. Then. Yeah, all I can do is ask the audience how long they've been married, and then they answer, and then there's no laugh. It's just like, oh, that's that's cool. Oh, cool. yeah, Good that's Bethesda. Know. Everybody's miserably married out yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, if you look at their fucking magazine, holy shit, it's not much different from their real life. There was one new comic on the show. He was like first time going up. <laughs> oh, this guy! And he's telling us his story before he goes on. What do you say? He was like, uh, he's like, yeah, I got fired once for for being racist. I was like, this is going to be great. I yeah. cannot wait to see this guy go up. This was his first time ever. Yeah, first it's, time on stage. So he starts regaling me and the lady producer by telling us about the time when he got in a fight with a black supervisor at work, and I'm sure this guy was just like stacking boxes or something because he wasn't the brightest tool yeah. in the shed. Maybe but, a um, smoothie king incident or something yeah. like that. But, the, you know, he said the black supervisor dropped the N-word when they were duking up, and this guy called him one back, and he says, you know, so I got called a racist, which isn't fair because I have, like, you know, a black, half-black kid, like a girlfriend, and I'm from, he's like, yo, I'm from fucking, like, 
upper Montgomery County, you know, I didn't grow up in Bethesda, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I'm down with all the brothers, and we just all say it like it's kind of like yeah. that. And part of me wanted to choke this kid Meanwhile, he's saying like, this to a bunch of white people. Talking about? <laughs> I, I didn't realize that Montgomery County was, I mean, I just associate it with the whitest place ever. I didn't realize that there is an African-American culture there at all. There actually is some. There are old towns like Toby Town and Lincoln Park, which were actually like sundowner communities where yeah. they would have a lot of black people pretty much like, you know, de jour segregation. Uh, yeah. And they've been there a long time and they're underfunded and there's shitty public transportation. Schools are not the greatest, et cetera, et cetera. But... You know, just Freddie Hulky. Like, I'm like, I've lived in D.C. for fucking over 20 years. You know, that's not something you just get a pass on because you got a whole bunch of yeah, homeboys. It was hysterical. I literally could not wait to watch him go up. I was, it was probably the most excited I've been in a long time. Yeah. He didn't do that bad, though. He honestly didn't do that bad. Oh, he, he made dick. He, uh, yeah, I mean, he, I mean, it as Counterpoint. It went, it, <laughs> I'm talking from the standpoint of like never doing comedy before. I thought this was going to be an okay, absolute. I'll, that's fair. Yeah, like a, like a, like train wreck. But he it was he got off. You know, it was fine. It wasn't like anybody was shocked. I thought he was going to go up there and start dropping the n bomb again. I was like, this, I can't wait. <laughs> can't wait. Yeah, I don't know. I wanted to choke him, but on the other hand, I was like, you know, I'm getting paid here. This is a fucking show. I don't yeah. want to ruin it for anybody Yeah, you can't else. say shit. You got to be a professional. Um, That said, the one thing this guy did that really blew my mind, because I don't like this, is when new comics go up and the first thing they do is pull out that fucking iPhone reading jokes. Oh, yeah. Like, to me, that's like you're not even trying. I don't care if it's your first time. Like, when I made my first time, I remember sitting there at home. I didn't even have a timer. Like, I didn't have a good iPhone or anything then, so I was literally sitting there with my computer. I had one of Paul Mooney's five-minute bits. I put it on mute, and I would just go over my lines and shit about 50 times or so until yeah. it timed up with the YouTube video. That's how I watched the clock to get the shit right. Oh, yeah, and then wow. And went up there, and actually wasn't bad, and that's when I was like, well, you know, I can keep doing this comedy thing, but I'm like... You gotta fucking try. Like yeah. Notes? I don't think so. I t I mean, I take notes for longer sets. I'm just so bad with memory. I'll I'll bring up a piece of paper and put it on the stool, and refer to it. Just I'm just I have the worst memory in the world, and my I don't have like five minute chunks. Like you talk to some comics, they're like, yeah, twenty minutes is easy. You just take, you know, four or five minute sets and put them together. I don't do that. My jokes change every set. They go in and out. So it's like I can't – I have to, like, memorize, like, 20 jokes. But your first time on stage, did you use notes? Absolutely not. My first time on yeah. stage, I went up seven beers deep and talked about how I shit my pants in the back of a car. <laughs> and it was horrifying. I was – out of my class that started, I was the worst one out of all of us to the point of where – for months, they weren't talked to. Umar Khan! Hey! hey. Wow, we have a surprise drop-in. Umar Khan is here. Welcome we're to Counter We're in the middle of some hot takes. My main man, Umar Khan, all the way from Baltimore. Yo, tell these fine people why you're so fucking dope. How's it going, man? Grab my mic. Am I dope? I don't know. I don't I don't think I'm that dope. But you're pretty dope, man. Oh, thank you. I mean, isn't it weird to, to brag about yourself? Shouldn't you guys tell them why I'm dope? 
No, you got oh, to tell people how dope you are. The only way to be dope is you flatulate yourself. Oh no, excuse me, not flatulate. No, <laughs> fillet yourself. Sorry, the other end. Milk, milk, lemonade. Um, yeah, no, fucking Umar, man, your ascent in this scene in Baltimore has just been meteoric recently. And this is from a guy that you know. Dare I tell our personal content amongst each other? Wanted to fucking quit like not so long ago. It, it, it sort of reminds me of like that movie, The Fan, where uh, you know De Niro's stalking Wesley Snipes, and then after he kills that fucking guy that um, what's his name played, it, it, the guy just st- his teammate. He just stops caring, and then he tells him, "Yeah, I just stopped caring," and then he goes on a fucking murder streak, you know. Like a total batting rally. And then De Niro gets really pissed when he hears that he stopped caring and says, you're not taking this serious because he's a fucking sociopath. And well, I think that's what you got to do with comedy. You just got to not Give care a fuck, right? <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. You really have to not fucking care. Yeah, if not, it's too much of an emotional roller coaster all oh, the time. Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Umar, you're opening tonight for... Eric Rivero. Very funny guy. Have you worked with him? I have not worked with him, but I've watched his stand-up. Yeah, me too. He is apparently Oprah's favorite comedian. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I'm a... That's a credit. I'm a little nervous. I thought that was Stedman. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's cool. So he must be like, dare I say, classified woke or, or, or touting that line. No, not really. Because, man, to talk to some people about Oprah, and they'll swear she should be on the next, like, the 2020 presidential ticket. And I'm like, how, Joe? But, oh, well. Just a charisma thing. All right, Umar. Bye, Umar. Good luck. Knock him dead, buddy. No, man, No, we love great. it. All right, buddy. Knock him dead, that's man. That's how you know it's Have the fun. real deal. We're just here at Draft House talking to openers, talking to Umar. We just got great it's comics popping in all the time. It's true. It's just true. Talent. Yeah. Tons of talent. Exactly. <laughs> did you guys see what Pat and uh, Oswald tweeted out? No, about what did he tweet? So, so he, you I said, did see that. He dropped in at the Big Hunt last night, and he tweeted out what a fantastic lineup, all original comics and material. Brilliant and comedians. That. And that we were all like, holy fucking shit. Like that, yeah. Yeah. It got retweeted only like three times and then liked like 78. Like how self-absorbed does a comic have to be to not retweet Patton Oswalt's yeah, fucking exactly. praise? He just, eh, I guess I'll like it. Yeah, well, then I'm sure other comics from other scenes are like, well, he hasn't been to our scene. <laughs> he hasn't seen what we can do. Yeah, I didn't check on, the man. comments yet, you know. So that may I well went to be. D.C. one time and I couldn't get up. Fuck that place. It's like, <laughs> anyway, good enough, man. So who was on that lineup last night? Uh, who the fuck was on it? From I can remember, Madi, Dom, me, Pearl, Brittany, Cook was hosting, Foodie, Martin. There's a few other people I'm forgetting. It was like a solid lineup, though. Everybody was just like, because every there were so many people there. That all, you know, the, there's something about when you have a packed room that you, you get like a knife between your teeth. Like I was like, I was kind of going there. I'm like, yeah, I'll work on some new stuff. And I saw the room. I instantly started getting sweaty. I had to shit. Like I got super panicky. I'm like, I got to do good stuff. But it was great, man. It was super fun to do. Just to be like in like, you know, he's just sitting in the back table, just like hanging out with everybody. Dude, the more nervous I get before I go on stage, the better I do. Yeah, it's for sure. It's always worked that way. It, I even it's even gotten to the point 
where the adrenaline gets so high that I can feel it hitting that level where I'm like, oh, yeah, this is too good. You're going to fucking crush yeah. it. And then it just starts to simmer down. I get an evil grin on my fucking face, and I just go. Dude. It's sort of like the days I was drinking alcoholically, and I knew I was going to asshole a party that night. Yeah. And we were going to get fucking tanked and make a scene and steal shit and yeah. do stupid stuff. Oh, I'm a big, my I'm best a big, friend. I'm a big house party stealer. Yeah. I always take a momentum for With me. The minute we knew that's what we were going to do, like eight hours in advance we just both started getting that fucking look yeah it's like a glaze yeah a sober glaze a sober glaze i get panicky like and you know now longer than comedy i can control it better but if you i if you start crushing right off the bat or if you have like crowd work that hits super hard right off the bat i start getting panicked like oh fuck how am i gonna follow this and I, you know what i mean because they're expecting so much yeah. right off the bat that you have to switch that you have to just like do two or three jokes that are you know are not going to be as good, and then hit them again at the end. Yeah, but I get sw- I get panicky when rearranging that your lineup in oh, your head. Yeah. Do that a lot. I don't. Th- I think I can count on one hand how many times I've gone up and done the set that I've actually planned to do. Yeah, I've started doing that way more in my past year of comedy, where like yeah. I'll watch the person before me, and then they'll say stuff, and if they they end on a topic that I have a joke about, yeah, I'll just come on and do that, like. Uh, on Wednesday at Big Hunt, Stephen Chen ended on a period joke, and I haven't done a period joke in forever. And I had my set all planned out. I was like, well, I'm going to keep this yeah. train going. Oh, for sure. And do this, and it works so much better, I find, when you do that. I always enjoy uh, watching the room, too. Like, I'm a, I'm, I'm a huge believer in, like, you know, I like to individually look at each person. Not each person in the crowd, but really scope them out, kind of see what people were laughing to. Like at uh, uh, Tyson's Beer Garden. Mm-hmm. Like, I watched, you know, they were cold room, I guess, for yeah. most of the night. Yeah, they and were. And I was watching everybody. I was, like, trying to see. And there was this couple up front that was just, they weren't disruptive. They, they were, were just, They were pretty disruptive. They were disruptive, but not in a, a malicious way. They thought they were, like, they were idiots. They thought they were adding to the show, making it better. And then they were kind of drunk, too. So they'd, like, also yeah. start, if your joke was really funny, they'd laugh a lot. And, and then, then talk, talk to each about other it. about it. And then listen to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But they were oh, they were like they were like two hicks. So I I already had like all this ammo lined up. Mm-hmm. Like I was just waiting for him to say something, and then I was I called them like cousins and how they fuck each other as family members, and that <laughs> that pretty much set the tone for the rest of the set. They were bit. cool with it. I laid into them a lot too. I was right before you, and I told yeah, them all you had kinds a great set stuff. too. I I the sets I did see you Nathan, uh, you and Nathan had uh, had fine sets. I thought it, it seemed like a good room to me. Yeah, they they started off really really quiet. Yeah, that's what Maddie said. I guess Fernando got mad at him. Yeah, he he just I told, love that. I love yeah. when comics get mad. Well, he just told his jokes, you know, in that tone when people are just angry and sort of yelling jokes at you <laughs> yeah. instead of telling jokes to you. I love that shit. So he wasn't necessarily like yelling at them, but he was just like yelling his. And that's when I said, "Poop's funny." It's yeah, exactly, like, exactly. <laughs> And just getting louder, and he kept, just kept getting yeah. worse and worse, and then he just left, and it was bad. Uh, Cook last night, or what was it? It was two nights ago. Uh, same thing. Crowd was just like a mess of big hunt. Yeah. They just weren't laughing at anything. And Cook is getting angrier and angrier as the set yeah. goes on. And then he ends with, he, I don't know what the joke was, but he ends, he goes, uh, you guys think I'm cute, right? You guys don't think I'm cute? Fuck you. And then slams the microphone in the stand and walks off stage. Funniest thing I've seen in years. In years. <laughs> It was unbelievable. 
That's amazing. I've actually repressed all the times where I've been that mad. Yeah. And I, like, slammed the fucking mic down because it usually didn't end well. Yeah. I watched you pick up a guy uh, at the old uh, green room at Draft House. Remember, you're, th- there was some drunk dude. You weren't on stage. Or were you on stage? No, you weren't on stage. Okay. Uh, and some guy, he was just like, he wasn't, he was just drunk. He, uh, and I guess you knew him from back in the day. Oh, yeah. And then this guy's like up, sta- like standing and like really just really going level 10. And then PD runs in the room, picks this guy up physically and, wa- and carries him out of the room. <laughs> yeah. And then the show just kept going. The I show just kept going. That, I mean, just to be <laughs> fair, like, hey, yeah. that's my buddy from way, way yeah. back when. And that guy came because he was, you know, said he'd been meaning to make a show. He's, but he is a bit of a drinking problem. Yeah. And. He got sloshed, and one thing he never wanted to do at the old green room was come in there a mess when Nick was bartending, which was every night because he wasn't. Oh, Nick was the man, dude. Shit, he was so. Nick would hook it up, dude. He would hook it up, dude. There was one time I think I had like a. This was early when I started comedy. I would drink a lot. That's the only way I could go on. I had like a fifty dollar tab, and I got to close out, and it was like eight dollars. I was like, this guy's. That's great. Yeah. I don't drink anymore, though. I mean, I drink after shows, but not. I wouldn't say much beforehand anymore. I th- I mean, I don't know how you guys are when you started. Well, when I started, I was sober for yeah. five years, so wasn't like that. But, I mean, I can say that, yeah, had I still been a drunk then, I definitely would have needed that before I got on stage. Yeah, man. I At the first year and a half of comedy, easily three, four beers before I got on. But then yeah. you get then you get comfortable and you're like I don't you know and then you realize that you're better without it. Yeah, you, I was also sober eight years. When yeah, you I guys started. are both sober. Yeah. That's so wild. <laughs> so it's your two, God, I feel two like people that aren't going to identify with that at all. I feel, I like, feel is like is this an intervention right now? Is that what's <laughs> going on? Uh, actually, Ross, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But no, I feel like I mean, if if I'd started comedy while I was drinking, I think it it just would have been a drunken thing so altogether. So wh- why why if you don't mind me asking, why'd you stop? Because it just got really messy. Yeah. I mean, I started really, really young because I also lived in Mexico growing yeah, up, you right? Can drink so I didn't have, yeah, I didn't have any rules. Age. So I was like going out to nightclubs when I was 14 years old, like full on regular nightclubs. Oh, wow. And I started drinking when I was 11 or 12. And so I quit at 22. But th- at that point, I'd been drinking heavily for 10 yeah. years. Like I really should have stopped when I was 18, but then I went to college in the U.S. and there was just no way. Yeah. Did and you so, go to Did you go to college with Josh? No, 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 no. I met Josh at, through a friend that I went to college with at a wedding, but years ah, later. Okay. Josh and I have only known each other almost four years. Yeah, you guys got married. That's but th- my parents got married after a year. Yeah, we got engaged after a year and a half, but I think it's also it also got very rushed because we were doing long distance. Yeah. So long distance, all it really does is. You have to sort of be honest about things really yeah. quick because if not, it's just a lot, a lot of money of, and time and bullshit invested in it. So six months in, we both were kind of like, we knew that. Yeah. It Did was you guys it. get good at uh, Skype sex? Did you guys get? Yeah, <laughs> a lot of FaceTime sex. <laughs> a lot. Like I just hope like I, your I never at get. The end of it. I don't want to. Like say you don't much. know how to do it in person. You've only done it <laughs> so much. You forget how do how do we do this? I, yeah, I just I just like take our phone and we have it like in person. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we it's have a really it's interesting a lot of, Yeah, it's a lot of pictures. It's a lot. I don't want to say too much because I don't want somebody to, to hack my <laughs> iCloud because it would be very embarrassing. But thanks, thank you, FaceTime and hey, Apple if we for, live in a, we live in right? the time to have a long distance relationship. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the only way I can have my polyamorous babe, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck yeah, it's still gone. Yeah. Every time I talk to Petey, it's always like, I got this some some new girl from San Francisco. She's sending me. I'm just like, yeah, my (laughs) man. All right, all right. I mean, shit, there's worse ways to be living your best life at 37, I'll tell you what. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Uh, Every other 37-year-old I know seems to be envious. Dude, I'm in such a place right now of, like, being in a really... I don't... I'm so invested in comedy, and comedy's such a part of my life. Like, being in a full-time relationship, I don't know if I could do it, if I could handle it. See, people say that all the time. I feel like I hear comedians say that. Yeah. Uh, to me, I mean, every day. But I see people do it. I right. see people do it. You can totally do yeah. it. You just have to have somebody that gets it. And it helps a lot yeah. if they like comedy. Yeah. Because one thing is just being supportive. Another thing, if it's someone that just likes it. Like, Josh and I, the first night we were together, when we finished, we watched Jim Jeffries and laughed. Like, yeah. we both really like comedy. So the fact that I do it, he thinks it's really cool. I always appreciate so that helps. Uh, Josh's notes, too. Because I, he yeah. watches a lot of comedy. He comes he up, does. He's like, And he has, like, accurate, like... Like, it's not just, like, somebody who's like, dude, you were fucking hilarious. He's like, I like the, the nuances of that new joke you did. I'm like, all right, man, thanks, yeah, he's, he's very into it. I call him my manager. Like, yeah. I come home, and he'll listen to my sets and be like, mm, you got to change your energy there. You got to change your energy here. Yeah. But this was really good. That was great. It's it's really It's nice. good to hear from, my like, an audience member's standpoint, yeah. too. Yeah. Maddie Litwack said something to me one time that had stuck uh, that I always remember is that I think sometimes as comics, we forget that we're performing for people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we get yeah. so, like, we get almost so meta, we get so into, like, our own brand of humor that we forget we're there, like, to give a show. And I, I find myself doing that a lot. Like, I have to, like, I'll get off stage sometimes and mean, like, I'd, I wouldn't have wa- wanted to watch that. Right. Like, we got to remember it's, you know, about them, even though, if the, even if they fucking suck and they're the worst people. There are crowd members I've seen that I just want to kick in the face. Yeah, I know. Regularly, I yeah, have that I know. problem. Yeah, I think I, I understand that feeling. I also think we have to remember that for some people, it's a novelty yeah. to see comedy. Like, I, especially when I would do a lot of apartment shows, a lot of those people had never seen comedy before. Yeah. Ever. And then when you think of that audience perspective, that's why I'd always tell people that they would start off really cold because they don't know to laugh. Yeah, they have no, just, they have no yeah. idea. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the way I look at it, if I have a problematic audience member that I don't like or whatever, I generally just tell myself, all right, this will probably be the only time they'll come out. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it's your I, first and last time seeing comedy. I hate to say that, but that's... Well, I don't hate to say it. I actually like to say it, but... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's just there. I think there are literally people out there that just do not or maybe cannot appreciate comedy. I remember like back when, holy shit, Stephen Nix was back in town. Oh, man. Nick, is yeah. Nick still even live around here? No, he moved from what I heard. <laughs> yeah, no one yeah. noticed. Yeah, it's a that's another story. But um, we were running this show at Cafe Paradiso, which is now defunct, and it's in Woodley Park. Okay. And so we'd stand by the metro for hours, like a couple nights a week, and flyer and stuff. And most people just, mm, yeah, okay, maybe take it. A couple go, oh, cool. But there were literally a few people that were just kind of like taciturn, and they would be like, no, thank you. I don't like comedy. Yeah. And walk <laughs> off. And I was like, holy shit. I never knew I anybody to have like – 
an antipathy toward comedy. You meet yeah. people that, like, you assume do because there's such fucking Dudley Do-Rights in yeah. real life, you know, that you just think, what, what That or they're like an ER doctor and they're just like, I can't laugh anymore. You know, yeah. like they just, I've seen too much. Seen too much. It's also right. people, too, who are like, uh, I, I've, been, I've worked with people who are just like, I don't like music. It's like really oh so I guess you're just a sociopath then yeah you don't like music I don't understand. Uh, the funniest thing I remember I was at a training and there was a nurse there and this guy looked at my shirt with Schooly D on it and he goes hey who's that you know and I said oh you know it didn't shock me because most people white or black or into rap or not don't know who he is he's like the godfather of philly gangster rap yeah. and one of the first gangster rappers so if you know it i'm like fucking uber impressed only yeah. like three people and i've had that shirt for years have known him and this guy i was saying oh it's schooly d you know and i was like you're into hip-hop and he goes oh no i have rather a passive relationship with music <laughs> and i was like that's the strangest the parsing i've ever heard of <laughs> yeah. that kind of a statement and even why would you ask then like clearly it's not some like famous yeah. actor or something or like, you know some, what did it cheat on you one time and you never forgot it i don't understand how that <laughs> yeah. works very strange but the, you know you get those weirdos out there and they'll probably be just like a one-time yeah admission you ever have you guys ever had the people in a crowd who even when like you could be killing and they're looking at you kind of like they're watching like looking at a painting they're just kind of like a like a <laughs> curious look on their on their face kind of like just trying to figure out what's going on it's like how do you not understand what this is supposed to be. People, the woman next to you was crying laughing. Yeah, like you're in a gallery You're looking or at me something. like I got my dick out. What yeah. the fuck is going on? Like I'm bronzed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or those people that just don't want to laugh no matter what. Yeah. You know, like I feel like on Wednesday yeah, got, at Big Hunt there was a guy, yeah, just like that. And he was with people that were laughing really hard. But he just got there and he was like, I'm not going to give you this laughter. Yeah. And you could just feel it from him. It's like, what are you doing I here, think then? it's because some people don't like the idea of, because especially if you're going to like, you know, not like if it's not like a big production show. You know, if it's not the improv or here or right. somewhere, it, you're kind of just watching an average Joe or average Jane go on right. stage, and like it's kind of like I don't like them getting attention. I yeah. like to be the person that gets attention. You know, I don't like being told what to laugh at. Yeah, <laughs> and those are the people I want to kick in the face yeah. easily, easily. <laughs> and those are the people that maybe if they have a laugh in them, I want to believe everybody has some laugh in them. You're only gonna get it at the weirdest, yeah. most random time. It'll probably happen at their job. Somebody fucks something up, or the first time they kill somebody, or, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. If they do that and find that's something they like, well, you know, I've heard the uh, <laughs> finally I can finally the I can Department laugh. of Justice is hiring. I uh, I fixate on people though who don't laugh. I get and that's not a good thing. I got to no. try to fixate on the people who are laughing. That's right. But when I see people who aren't, I get I I can't help but just zero in on. I'm like, why? What do you, do you just not like my face? That's really hard in like a big room. Have you ever done like I think you've hosted at the Cinema Draft House before? Right? Oh yeah, Arlington. a bunch of times. So you know when you're up there on that stage, do you ever feel like you come out, you knock off your first joke, you know it's a proven bit. And then you look out into that audience, and it feels like only one patch of the audience at a time's laughing. And yeah. then you're like, okay, now I got to attack the other end of the stage. But then you go that route, and then the same patch laughs, and the yeah. other people don't do it as much, or you don't see them because the lighting or the acoustics. And then it confuses you, and you're like, what yep. the fuck? And I'm you're just like, all right, I just got to soldier through this thing and hope yeah. it wasn't. Hope you got to hope that it. 
Yeah, you got to hope that it spreads. Like because if you if you're getting a patch, if you're getting a group of people, like you know you're 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 doing something right. So like at this point in comedy for me, I just hope that it just if I'm doing ten minutes, that it will eventually spread. That people yeah. will finally kind of be like, all right, this guy must be funny. Yeah, and a lot of it does have to do with like the order you're in, and especially if you're hosting. Like if you're hosting a place like like I hate the hosting. draft house. I mean, it's really hard. I mean, you really get patches. I hate it I mean, with it's a really passion. hard. You hate hosting. I, I feel like you host it. all the time. I, that's why I hate it now. <laughs> I host it all the time. That's why I hate. I hate. I can't do it. That's why I gave up hosting Thursdays because it got to a point uh, where I was just like, I I don't care. I am not making the show good because the audience can tell. I don't. I don't want to be here. And ever since I stopped hosting, been great. And what about it? Do you hate? Well, I mean, it's just like it's a thankless job. I mean, sometimes yeah. you'll have. Uh, you have people come up to you and be like, "You did. It, you're a great host," but most of the time, you're the face of the show. And especially if you're hosting like a twenty comic show, yeah. people hate your fucking face by the nineteenth comic. You can only go up there so many times and, yeah. s- and smile and be like, "I hope you guys are having a good time," yeah, yeah. until they hate it. And then you, and then it's on you if it's a bad show. If you feel like it's your fault, even though it isn't, maybe sometimes yeah. it is. Uh, I also feel like I've just hosted an. And enough of the four years I've been doing comedy that I'm ready to like not host anymore and like get to like feature level right. and start featuring more and make it clear to people like I'm not hosting anymore. I want to start featuring. Now, if I was to start my own show, if they were like, hey, can you host for Dave Chappelle? I'd be like, absolutely. Right. Like I'm hosting for Barry Rothbard tonight. Barry's one of my favorite comics. I have no problem doing that. That'll be awesome. Yeah. But do you think that hosting's made you a better comic? Oh, for sure. I yeah. definitely think that every comic should host for the first several, first three or four years that they do comedy because you learn how to take the bullet and yeah. you learn how to just go up in a cold audience. You learn how to be more personable. That's how I learned crowd work. But I feel like I've taken away everything that I can take away from it right now. Yeah, I definitely you don't want to beat that. a dead horse. I mean, yeah. it's a totally different kind of set. I was yeah. really afraid of hosting, and then I started doing it a lot. Yeah, and I think it's made me a much, much better comic because I feel like before I was a little bit afraid of the audience. Yeah, in a way, you know, I was just afraid if I wasn't funny, what they were going to do, and I was always afraid to do crowd work. And it's made me, I think, a lot more confident. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. The first time I hosted was Science Club, uh, Max Rosenblum's room. First opportunity to host. I go up there. I was so I never even I'd gone last every show I'd done. I go up there. I do one minute, one minute, and then I bring up the next comic and I panicked. I went up there. I don't even think it was a minute. I think it was fifty seconds, and I was like, "Oh, you guys, give it up for Ruth Rasby!" And everybody's like, "What the <laughs> fuck? What's going on?" It was so bad. The sides club. God, that was a glorious room. That was a great a room, while. man. And then I just one day. It says, hey, we're closed. Yeah. The whole fucking thing. Yeah, I think the guy made his money. He's like, dude, I'm done running a, a, a restaurant. Yeah. I don't think it closed because they, they that place was always full. They always had people in it. I think they upped the, or what I heard is they upped the rent money and they were just like over it. They're yeah. Like, I don't want to fucking. I remember Max had a falling out with the owner, but he still wanted to get his mic stand yeah. and something else. I forget what. So he's like, Petey, can you call this guy and like meet him up, you know, just do it for me because, you know, I, I, I don't want to deal with him anymore and all this sort of stuff. So I was just like, all right, sure, give me his number. So then I called, and the guy was really pissed because he just lost his business. And he's like, all right, listen, I've been dealing with this for a bunch of people. I'm just going to have it here. 
show up and get it. He's like, do you have a he's like, what time do you want to be here? Set me a time. And I said, you know what, buddy, just go fuck yourself. And I hung up on him. <laughs> and then I and then I called told Max, and actually that made Max really happy, and he didn't care that yeah. he lost his mic stand or whatever. Hey, uh, Max, yeah, uh, we're not going to get that mic stand. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, Max had a falling out with somebody. That's crazy. I, 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 I can't believe that for one minute. Yep, yep, yep. That was uh, a different time in DC comedy. I owe Max a lot, though. I mean, it's oh, me all too. jokes and stuff. Max was, uh, you know, gave me a bunch of time when I started. Mm-hmm. You know, I, Martin too. Martin was one of the first people. Martin put me up like my second time doing comedy. Really? Yeah. At uh, what was the place? Brass uh, Monkey? Or not Brass? Uh, yeah. Twelve. So, no, no, no. Well, he was still doing Brass Heaven Monkey. Heaven and then. Hell. No, the basement. Um, oh, the Laughing Man or whatever. No, the one. Uh, the it was tavern. Monday night. Oh, Jackpot. Jackpot. Yeah. That was a proving ground, man. Jackpot was cold. That was a urban room, man, and that was late night. People get people. People, you get on. This, like I, I remember I went up there one time, and someone's like, "Get off, get off the stage, white boy." And I was yeah. like, oh, I was like my third time doing comedy. I, I was like, okay, I think yeah. I should go. No joke, Martin had me go up there and rap in the middle of those shows to <laughs> calm people the fuck down. Yeah. Yeah. He would be like, Yo, but it was great. It, it really was, was like a great place for like new comedians to really like cut your teeth and build mm-hmm. armor. Oh, no, that was a great room. And that was a hard room acoustically, too. And everybody, they had free popcorn all night, so <laughs> yeah. everybody just sit in the back and eat fucking yep. free popcorn and not give a shit about comedy or anything. Uh, and then uh, Abdullah would go up. <sighs> Abdullah the bouncer. Yeah, you know, he died. Are you serious? Yeah, he died like a year ago. Heart attack no, or some shit. I didn't yeah. know that. R.I.P. Abdullah. I yeah. love that guy. This guy, he would go up uh, last every show and just do the most raunchy, dirty material. And then his closer was him whipping out a taser on stage. And he would start tasing. He's like, don't fuck with me. Don't fuck with me with a taser. And I, I was like a year into comedy. I'm like, I don't know what I've gotten myself into. I don't know. If I want yeah. To. It's true. There's certainly a lot of like entry level rooms that when you first start comedy, it definitely kind of makes you like question your choices for like after school activities. Oh, know? man. You just get off work. Maybe you got some money in your pocket. It's been a rough day. And then some fucking guy, you know you're good at it, but they're like, how many tasers do I have fucking, like, you know, metal for? Yeah, and one of the craziest <laughs> things, too, starting comedy is you go up. I mean, you're just going up at, at dive bars at, like, 12 o'clock, 1130 at night. You're going up with literally crazy homeless people that are getting more laughs than you are. And you're like, am I just that bad at comedy? Remember Zoom? Yeah, Zoom was a lo- that guy was crazy. Yeah. He, he was just like, sent me a friend request like ten minutes ago. I'm That's hilarious. Alive, bring him up. He was like full. He was schizophrenic, like full blown. I think. Uh, or or like or by or like personality no, disorder. He, he, I think he had a personality disorder, and I think he also had some degree of like paranoid yeah. disorder. I don't think it was skits full blown schizophrenia, but he would flip out at like the smallest fucking thing. Oh, he tried to fight Timish at uh Chief Ike's Timish has never met Zoom. They've never interacted. Never Timish is on stage for like one minute. Ha- hasn't even like Timished out yet. You know what I mean? Hasn't even reached that point. He goes on stage for like one minute and Zoom stands up and starts like trying to fight Timish and he's like dropping all this personal stuff like that Timish did to him. And Tim is just like, uh, I've I've never met this man before. I don't know who he is. 
And Zoom's like, see me outside, see me outside. Yeah, that's the way he would get because I remember, like, when I first met him, he was kind of funny. And he'd come to the area. Yeah. He's originally from here, but he'd move, come back. We got along. And one night, this is when I realized he wasn't right. Like, we were coming back from something, and he started telling me about a story when he was part of a roast that he voluntarily took part in and he was wearing some kind of a shirt and somebody made fun of it and then he fucking flipped out on him like yo there's not there's some things dog you just can't be saying to me you know what i mean <laughs> and i'm like what are you fucking talking about it's a roast it's a you roast and like, someone commented on your why shirt why would you wear anything if you didn't want something you know he's like nah pd man you know what i mean like where i'm from don't give me that where i'm from bullshit like, yeah. that, that's stupid yeah and <laughs> fucking i mean we stayed like cool but i kept my distance oh yeah you, know you gotta keep saying? it at arm's length and i was like there's something not right here yeah and he doesn't live here anymore is that what happened I, i've it, never met this person he he i mean he was gone Six, I, I was six months into comedy, and that's the last I ever saw him. He zoomed away. Yeah, zoomed away. <laughs> Took off on a, on a special rocket. So, speaking of when you started comedy, what do you think was it that made you finally be like, you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna go up? And oh do man, it. that was a long because I had a I had a good job when I started comedy. I had like it was like a good like, you know, what I mean, I I was making much more money than I am now, and like, uh, I think I was about a year a year and a couple months into it and i just became obsessed you know i mean i was i didn't give a fuck about where i was showing up late to work and i was sales so i would go on the road dude there was days i just didn't do my job because i was i just didn't give a fuck and i think at one point i realized in order to make it happen like you can't ha- you got to be all in and yeah. that was like a really tough like that was a really like i remember where i where i realized it was at uh, stenson's when they had the mic downstairs Okay. At one night watching, I was just like, I, I got to, if I want to do this, I got to do it for real. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. You have to do it every single day, yeah. nonstop to get a little bit better. Yeah. It's, you, ups, you get obsessive. It's the first thing I think about in the morning. It's the last thing I think about before I fall asleep. Like your mind is not, is never not in comedy mode. And it makes it tough to have like relationships with normal people sometimes because you're, you're always on if, even if you're off, you know, you're always like thinking of things that are funny even in like a normal conversation i mean maybe not for you guys but that's how i am uh that's why like, you gotta be with somebody who likes it yeah that's exactly exactly somebody who likes it will talk to you about jokes for a long time and will sit there and obsess with yeah. you because they enjoy it yeah I, I just visited some friends in richmond uh and like i had to i had to be very cautious and conscious of uh not being on like not trying to yeah. be funny but you can't you can't fucking help it especially yeah. after a few drinks you know you're just riffing up a storm people are like ross shut the fuck up <laughs> we're done yeah i definitely find like now conversationally i'll try to get like lines in or stuff yeah that i wasn't doing before and you have to sort of turn it off oh sometimes. dude i i wait tables during the day all i do is just do bits in front of tables all day and they have and they don't they're not funny bits you know what i mean like they're not good but these and these are like politicians and shit and they you know half the time they're just looking at me like what is our is, is our waiter autistic like is something wrong with him <laughs> yeah i mean i'm able to turn it off i can bifurcate because i've had a real job for like a long time and you know at home though i can't do it drives my mom fucking crazy yeah not yeah, a that's good thing to be that's good, man. I mean, at home. I mean, it's like good that you can turn. <laughs> but like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not very good at uh, multitasking. 
Mm-hmm. So like having a relationship outside of comedy or like being able to like turn it off, like compartmentalize things. I'm just like a jumbled mess, man. <laughs> I can't, I can't do it. No, I feel you. I definitely do. I mean, you know, it, it's everything you see is like a joke in a way if you get into that mindset. Oh, man, all the time. And the worst is when I'm driving because I'm like, I can't fucking write this down right now. Yeah. I'm at the wheel of a car. I might have to, like, repeat it a hundred times till the next light or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or to get, like, a four-lane intersection with, like, you know, left signal turn or whatever. So I get, like, the extra delay. Oh, man, I, yeah. Go into my eye notes. And I, <laughs> I started getting in a lot of accidents when I started comedy. I'm saying that. <laughs> I had to be I've careful. Seen that. Well, um... Before we bail out, we definitely want to thank Ross Benoit. For oh, of being course, here. it's a pleasure being on, man. This has been fantastic, and we'll definitely have him back. Um, it's one of our favorites. Um, also, we want to definitely pull your coat to some things happening at the D.C. Draft House this coming week. Okay, the week of Monday, June the 25th up until uh, July the 2nd, and they are... Uh, June the 28th, we're going to have Speechless, the ultimate improv gauntlet with uh, host Josh Kaderna at 7.15 p.m. You can buy tickets on the website, uh, drafthousecomedydc.com. Additionally, that night we'll have Iconoclasts. uh, That is at 8.45 p.m. Also, tickets available on Eventbrite and uh, the DC Drafthouse website. June the 29th. June the 29th, Steve Trevino is going to be here, and he's going to be here Saturday the 28th also, and the shows are at 7 and 9 p.m., and then don't forget about Attack of the Comics also on Friday the 29th at 10.45 p.m. And finally... And actually, not the 28th, but he was on the 29th, Steve Trevino. It's all good, Elena. We love you. <laughs> um, we're all about what type of here. What type of podcast are you guys running here, huh? <laughs> we're all about growth on countercurrents. Um, and then June 30th, uh, Saturday night, Steve Trevino shows at 7 and 9. And then, of course, the legendary Three Guys On open mic at 10.45 p.m. Please visit us. Follow us at CurrentsDC on Twitter, as well as CounterCurrents on Instagram and the CounterCurrents uh, fan page on Facebook. And you can follow me on Facebook, P-D-P-T-E-Y, Steel, S-T-E-E-L-E, and my co-host. On Instagram, it's Elena Blondita, and really easy on Twitter, just Elena Torres. And what about you, Ross? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Ben Twat. Uh, you can find me on my website, rossbenoitcomedy.com, uh, and my podcast, Smiley Frown, which is on iTunes, and at any local open mic any given night. <laughs> and hopefully we'll be on that podcast soon, right? Yeah, I, I, we should do uh, an episode right after this one comes out. Yeah, I'd love I'm that. down. We'll yeah. Double promotion. That's what we're doing. And we'll, we'll list the draft house names, too, on it. Hell yeah. Maybe. No, I'm just <laughs> Uh, we want to give a big shout-out to our loyal leader, Pete Fajaran, for everything he does at both D.C. and Arlington draft Any houses. words, Pete? Doesn't reach. Oh, there you go. Um, just make sure you follow us on uh, Snapchat and YouTube that we just brought up, and also oh, we're, we're on iTunes now, yeah, right? We're on iTunes now. Fuck yeah. Bang, bang, bang. And if everything pans out right, we'll be going live 
on three camera. Six oh baby. Yep, and then uh, eventually we'll hit the stage with this podcast, and you guys get to come out here and uh, be part of the podcast. So, once again, thanks for everybody, Ross. That is what we do, Landon, Petey. Peace out, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye.